sucks. Let's see here. Birdland BS Podcast, huh? Let's give that a try. What's going on, everybody? It is the weekend of Saturday, March 18th, and you are listening to the Birdland BS Podcast, a Baltimore-based podcast with lots of BS opinions. I am Matt Talley, and as always, I am joined by the voluptuous Fred Donahue. <laughs> voluptuous. <laughs> That's one way you can describe me. Absolutely. Uh, your lumps, your lumps, your lovely Freddie. My lumps. lovely Freddie lumps. There it is. So uh, here we are. We, we did it. Episode two. We've made it. Yeah, we made it, Mama. <laughs> Our family must be very proud of us. <laughs> very proud. Uh, for those of you who may be listening for the first time, uh, we'll try and catch you up just a little bit so you don't have to go back and listen to episode one, um, the train wreck that was episode one. <laughs> um, uh, we are a uh, weekly recap of news in Baltimore and Maryland-based sports with lots of national news and happenings as well. Uh, Fred, in just a few quick words, remind the people who you are. Uh, I'm Fred Donahue. I come from Middle River and have a pretty intense uh, background in sports. Um, I am a historian of the game, so I know a little bit about everything uh, when it comes to baseball, football, and just local sports in general. Um, That's it in a nutshell. When you say historian of sports, you are that guy that's... uh... Well, actually, you know, back in 1997, when so and so had had a you know a, a season where he he averaged 387, it's like, how do you know that, and why yeah, do you know that? Well, let me let me sum it up for you, right? So I'm 35. How old are you? I am 26. Okay, so there's an age gap there where I actually existed before the internet. Can That's you believe true. that? You had, you had to retain knowledge. Right. Ugh. So what I did was I actually read the sports page. You know, it kind of came in newspaper form. It was kind of cool. They sent it out every morning, and I read it cover to cover every morning. So I looked through statistics every morning. So these are things that uh, I had the pleasure of doing that I don't think you did. What's a newspaper? Exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> point. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I am Matt. I am an Orioles fan, and uh, I guess you could say I'm a Ravens sympathizer. Okay. Uh, tr- truly, I'm, I'm a Giants fan, but because I'm from Baltimore, I can't really escape uh, Ravens news and goings on. And uh, I've come to appreciate and uh, find enjoyment in the Ravens for the most part, except for every four years when they play the Giants. But uh, I was listening to some other podcasts this week, as well as just watching TV. And for some reason, it was like everywhere this week, and it made me super self-conscious uh, because we had talked about this on the first podcast where it was just like there were so many people getting upset about the fact that, you know, certain commenters, uh, commentators are, you know, commentating on sports that may- maybe they have a fandom based elsewhere. And they felt that those people had no right to comment on those see things. Uh, but uh, I guess my question to get things uh, rolling is, uh, can can you be a fan of two different teams in the same sport? Yeah. Like, for example, I would consider myself a fan of the Giants, and I enjoy the Ravens. Right. They're, one's in the AFC, one's in the NFC. They never really interfere with each other, except, like I said, for every four years. Um, so, for all I care, they could both make it to the Super Bowl. Obviously, in that scenario, I'd want the Giants to win. Um, we all know how that went when that scenario actually happened. <laughs> right. um, but can you be a fan? Like, Can, can I be a fan well, of the Orioles and the Nationals at the same time? Here's Here's the way I look at that. So... Fandom, you're born into something, right? So for for some reason, you fall in love with that first sports team, and whether it's your local team or whether it's an you know an out of town team, mm-hmm. you fall in love with that team, and that's the team that you go on and you root for. Like for me, I'm born in Baltimore, so I'm a huge Baltimore sports fan. I'm a huge Orioles fan, huge Ravens fan, right? I've been here my entire life. That will never leave me. Right. I will always be an Orioles and a Ravens fan. I could see where if my job, let's say, pulled me to, I don't know, North Carolina or something like that, I could see over time being able to root for the Panthers. Right. But I'm still going to be a true – I still bleed purple and orange. That will never leave me, even if I'm in Carolina for the the next 10 or 15 years of my life. So 
Could I be a fan of two sports? Yes, but my heart stays with Baltimore. I don't know if that really answers your question or not. Yeah, but kind of. See, I, I grew up in a weird situation because it was like my family didn't care about sports. Uh, my dad is a huge sports guy, but he never had a team for baseball or football. Right. So when it came time to, like, who am I a fan of? He didn't have an opinion. It wasn't like my dad was a fan of this team and his dad was a fan of this team or whatever. The only team that my dad ever really cared about was the Washington Huskies because he's from Spokane. Right. But other than that, he didn't care about the NFL. He didn't care about the MLB. And uh, you, you talk about bandwagon fans. Eventually, he did go on to pick teams. Right. And he was that guy was like, who's really good right now? <laughs> um, and he ended up becoming a friggin' Patriots fan. Uh, and his whole thing is like, you know, I grew up in that dynasty area uh, or era where, you know, you had these teams that were winning all the time. And it just reminds me of that. So I guess I can kind of get a little bit. But it's like you really had to go. See, I don't really consider those people like real fans. Like if you don't if you don't live, breathe, eat, sleep, right. those teams like that's not your team. Again, you're like you said, bandwagoner. You're jumping on because it's the easiest thing to do yes. because they're winning all the time. Like that's not a true yeah, fan. So to like me. by the time I was like 11, 12, it was like, OK, I like sports i just don't know who to root for right and so i did start like paying attention to other teams and i did have like the well everybody's a yankees fan so i i became mm-hmm. a yankees fan for, for whatever that's worth because i was only 12 and i didn't really like have much invested in it other than you know buying a hat and watching some games here and there right uh, and, but now that i am grown and have put away childish things right it's like no i have investment in baltimore i have investment in this team i hear about it all the time i pay attention to it more than i pay attention to anything else i'm a baltimore fan right and when it came time to become a giants fan it was it was the same thing it was like who who do i like right as a person and i liked kurt warner as a person at that time i didn't even know he was the mvp of the league i just knew his 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 come up in story of you know the whole bagging groceries thing so it was like right. i like that I'll be a fan of him. And then later on, I was like, oh, he's he was the MVP of the league last year. OK, cool. Well, I <laughs> there's made good, that I right. made a good decision. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I was just feeling real self-conscious. Some of our brothers in arms uh, in podcasts, I was reading their reviews and it was just like some of them were getting slammed because one of them is like, I'm not going to say who or what podcast, but one of them is a converted fan of another team in the AL East. All right. And they were just like giving him hell. Yeah. And I was like, but he's not a fan of them anymore. Uh, he's, he's an Orioles fan see, like that, To care? me, that is so foreign. Like, I don't understand how you can fall in love and fall out of love with, with the sports team. It's not like a relationship type thing where well, she me, treated you bad and then you get away from her. Like, like for instance, um, the Colts. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people here in Baltimore that absolutely hate Irsay for what, what happened in that whole situation with him taking the team elsewhere. But they don't dislike the Colts, right? If the Colts were still here, if we still had that name, we would still be rooting for the Colts. You know what I mean? It's, it's like for me, for instance, the only thing I can kind of relate it to. And again, this goes back and shows my age a little bit, but, uh, back when I was growing up with, with TV, um, you were very limited, uh, in your choices of channels. And the only things that you saw baseball wise on TV were either the Orioles or you saw the Braves because Turner owned, you know, TNT and that type of thing. So the Braves were on. So I rooted a little bit for the Braves just because they were on TV and all that stuff. But my fandom, you know what I mean? My heart was with the Orioles at all times. Like that never changed. So that's just, I don't know. It's hard for me to understand how you could be a fan of, you know, two different teams in the same sport. But um, I guess everybody's scenario is a little bit different. But anyway, uh, that was just my, my question of the week. Get things rolling a little bit. Feeling a little self-conscious. Let's, uh, let's jump into baseball. Sure. Uh, well, there's a lot of things going on right now. Um, the WBC for me has been really exciting. I know you kind of have a, uh, a different take or a different feel mm-hmm. on that. But, uh, you know, Saturday night, right after our broadcast, um, the Dominican Republic played uh, the U.S. And it was an amazing game. Um, Dominican Republic came back from a 5-0 lead that the U.S. had uh, with home runs from Machado and former Oriole Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one of those moves that I wish the Orioles would have made that they didn't, but hey, it's okay. Um, so they came back to beat the U.S. 7-5. to A um, couple nights later, U.S. played Canada, uh, whipped up on Canada. I want to say it was 8 to nothing there. Manny Machado has just been lights out. Please, as Oriole fans, take time to soak this in and enjoy watching what you're seeing with Machado because... The contract's coming. 
Nothing's been done with it yet. Nothing's been said about it yet. I, I, I personally, I just don't see them paying the kind of money that he's going to get on the open market. And if he gets to the open market, he's going to get 30 to 35 million a year. So he's going to get a 300 to $350 million contract. And the more he plays the way he's playing right now, defensively, <sighs> The only way that he's going to get that money is if Peter Angelos has a, a deathbed, you know, like revelation where it's like, I have all this money in the world. Right. I need to see my city and my team succeed one last time before I die. <laughs> That's the only way that he's going to get that money is like if Peter Angelos has this giant change of heart. Right. Um, and decides to leave his kids half a billion less dollars. Which uh, I don't see that happening. I don't either. Um, but... Yeah, either way, um, I, 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 again, I've been really enjoying a lot of these games with the WBC. Um, I, again, I was very skeptic, uh, you know, with injuries and that type of thing. I didn't like it, but this year it has really pulled me in, sucked me in, and I've become a fan. So I've, I've tried to watch it, and we talked about it a little bit last week as to why I have a hard time watching it. One is what we talked about last week is just the... I am a little worried that people are going to hurt or, or what have you. Uh, right. But I actually heard somebody explain it really well this week, and it kind of makes more sense to me uh, now. And I think I get why I don't like it. Why is that? Uh, was, it's just that I am a fan of the Orioles. Right. So I root for the Orioles. Right. Some of them are playing for you know the Dominican Republic. Some of them are playing USA. Right. Some of them are playing for the Netherlands. Yep. And it's hard not to want to see those guys succeed and also, I'm not at the risk of alienating some listeners. I'm not Mr. Gung Ho, United States of America, USA, go America. pound your chest yeah, type I'm, thing. I'm just yeah. not, I'm not that. I'm not a red, white, and blue guy. Okay. Um, I like sport. So like when I, even when I watch the Olympics, like yeah, I kind of want America to win, but not as much as I just want to see somebody break a record, right? Or do something awesome. So I like watching it for the sport. Like you said, Manny's lights out right now, and it's mm. cool to watch him do what he's doing. But it's also, I think it's the only reason that's cool to me is because he's an Oriole. Right. You know who's been contributing a lot to the USA team is Hosmer. And I friggin' hate Hosmer. Yeah. Uh, he's he's had the last two games, he's had two really good games. Right. And it's like, I hate that guy. <laughs> like, I don't want him to succeed, even if he's playing for the US. Like, I, I just, I think he's a doucher. And I, right. don't, and I don't want him to win. I don't uh, want him to do well. That's how I feel about Jose Bautista or the Dominican I, I, yeah, Republic. Exactly. I don't to want, see him I, and Manny, like, slapping hands is... Oh man, yeah. it, it makes me want friends. to vomit. Right. Yeah, don't be friends. Like, yeah, don't, don't even them. act like you're friends. But yet, you know, uh, yeah. Whatever. So that I think that's why I have such a hard time with it. Is like because I root for the O's, right? And I'm not big gung ho USA America. And to see people that I don't like doing well for America just leaves me like feeling icky. Yeah, but I mean, do you understand? Like, there's been some really significant times, especially in in U.S. history, where sport has really done a good job of bringing us together. No, I agree with that as a country. Especially, I don't know if you remember. I don't remember how old you were. I guess in nine during the nine eleven thing, but uh, and how much you were into sports at that point in your life. But when the Yankees came out mm -hmm. and took the field in, in in Yankee Stadium, and George Bush came out there to throw the first pitch and everything, like that was a moment that I'll never forget. And I can appreciate those things, and I and I think those things will probably touch me as much as they would touch anybody else. But for just from just a a competition standpoint where there aren't things like that going on right. in the political landscape, I just don't care as much. Now, if there, are, if there are things going on, like a war or whatever, and, you know, like, like you know what still gets me is, um, oh, what's his name? The guy that plays for Pittsburgh. Andrew McCutcheon? No, 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 no. I'm talking uh, football. He was, he was a former Army Ranger. Oh, uh, Villanueva. It, Villanueva, that's it. Like, that's still, like, when, like, you see him do interviews, it's like, right. that's still, like, okay, that's pretty cool. Right. Like, like that's kind of, like, where my you know, my patriotism comes out is right. to see things like that. But as far as just sport, just representing the country, I, I, I just can't get invested. I understand that. I just, I, I think again, for the players, this, I, I said this last week, I think the big thing is that they don't get a chance on an Olympic level to represent their country. And this is about as close as they're going to get to it for now uh, until things change. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate how much they take it seriously. Uh, and how much it means to them because, you know, that at the end of the day, that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, and uh, we actually talked about last week, you know, the, the whole Olympics. Right. Literally the day after that, MLB came out and said, no, 
Yeah. Major League players will not be playing in the Olympics. Right. It's not going to happen. That's why I said don't hold your breath. So you'll see a bunch of minor league in college, which will still be cool, but way less investment. But uh, on the way of the Orioles, um, there have been some things going on this week that I thought were kind of interesting. Uh, one of which was that they decided to re-sign Pedro Alvarez. They brought him in uh, to be an outfielder. He wants to play the outfield. He's been working on it supposedly for the past three or four months. <laughs> that caught me off guard. When I heard that, like, oh, he's been working on it for the past three or four months. This guy's a major league baseball player. This is the major leagues that we're talking about. Like, <laughs> this is a- <laughs> You don't just pick something up, work on it for three or four months and say, hey, I'm a major league outfielder. Right. Thank God, you know, thank God I've been working so hard for the past three or four months. You know, people have been playing this, the outfield for their entire lives to get to the major leagues. I get it. The guy's got a decent bat, you know, he's, right. he, he can hit, he's got some pop and that type of thing, but we already had that in our lineup, and there is a huge, huge logjam, in my opinion, um, in the outfield right now. I mean, they've got, when you think about it, they've got Adam Jones, um, Hyunsoo Kim, Joey Rickard, Seth Smith, Mark Trumbo is going to be typically your DH, but he'll be playing out there occasionally. Um, they got this guy that they signed, Craig Gentry, which he's looked great so far in the spring they've got two rule five draft guys that they got from the rule five draft trey mancini who god his bat man to me like that's the real question mark why did you sign pedro alvarez because if you're going to put anybody in the outfield that doesn't technically belong in the outfield it would be trey mancini i mean this guy He's got the bat. He's got a major league bat. Brady Anderson said that multiple times. Um, I think on a higher level than Pedro Alvarez, I think his ceiling's higher. The problem I see with that is is, is you're going to lose this guy. You're going to lose Trey Mancini to somebody else, and you're going to see him flourish somewhere else, and you're going to be pissed off when that happens. So why sign a guy like Pedro Alvarez? I just don't get it. But, again, it was to a minor league deal, so there's not really a whole lot of commitment there. You know, If they want to let him go, they can let him go. Um, and they've got some flexibility with moves and that type of thing. Speaking of uh, playing the outfield and working on it for a few months uh, and in hopes to be a Major League Baseball player, you see Tim Tebow got his first hit? I did. Yay. Um, Praise the Lord. Had a, he had a couple hits, actually, Amen. in the next game. Oh, it's just Jesus. <laughs> it's just, I'm just so grateful. Uh, I'm just so grateful that Jesus has blessed me with such... <laughs> Just, just, just the ability to compete, and just even <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, I'm just so happy. I'm smiling, and it's, it's wonderful. Uh, can, can we collectively be done with Tim Tebow as a nation? Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand why they give him the attention that they give him. Still, I mean, yes, he was a great college football player, but that was like a decade ago. Now it feels like, uh, yeah, I mean, he is a character. Um, yeah, he's a man of faith, uh, and he's not afraid to. Uh, <laughs> To, to hide or to express that um so I, I grew up in the church i'm 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 pretty in deep when it comes to that kind of stuff right uh, you know that yeah so my whole beef with tim tebow is that is that is so opposite of what the bible teaches when it comes to your faith it like teaches you to be humble and to not like pray out loud and to do things in private right. and it's like yeah you're all about jesus but he specifically talked to people like you where it's like you're doing this and getting a lot of attention for it knock right. it off <laughs> Um, and you're like, but I'm just doing it to give him attention. And yeah, but he told you he, he doesn't need it. Right. Like he's, if, if he's Jesus, he doesn't want the attention. <laughs> um, but something tells me you want it a little more than you, you're letting on. Right. Um, and it's just, it's just a carnival wherever he goes. Uh, so I'm, I'm sick of him. Um, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was funny that he got his first hit he'd been playing for what, three weeks now. And yeah. I mean, the whole thing with him is just, it's, it's all it's a circus act. It's a circus act, and it's to make money. They know they know people will come and watch him play. They know people will buy his minor league jerseys and that kind of thing. It's 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 just it's a marketing gig. Smiling is my favorite. <laughs> uh, but then uh, also is some other news, uh, some not so good news. Uh, Sunday, I had heard that uh, Tillman. Uh, Went down after about 10 pitches. They shut him down, um, having some some pain back in the shoulder again. Uh, I know that it just so happened that one of the Ravens surgeons so happened to be down that way. Uh, so they called called her in to have her take a look at it. And uh haven't really heard a whole lot of news on it yet. Uh, I think they're just being cautiously optimistic with it. Um, obviously, you don't want to 
jump the gun and think the worst, but just the way that they're playing it right now, to me, it just doesn't sound good. Yeah, um, it, it's 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 kind of weird the way that they're playing it right now. They're not being open about it. Buck's comments were, I hope at some point he'll pitch for us. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean next, you know, next couple when of weeks? When you say something like that and then you still refer to it as arm or shoulder soreness, it's right. like those two things don't match up. It's obviously more than what you're letting on. Um, but they've already announced uh, that, you know, he's he's not going to be playing for a while. And they, they've kind of indicated that Gosman will probably get the start for opening day. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Does does that bump Gosman up to not not numerically, but like, does this give him the confidence to become maybe our, our ace? That's all on how he handles it. Um, you know, like I mean, is there's this, is this the year maybe? Because it sounds from what I'm they're hoping. saying, it sounds like Tillman's not going to play for a while. Right. Uh, when you when you make statements like, I hope he plays. Right. At some point. Right. Um, it sounds like you're going to be out for a while, if not exactly. the whole season. So if that's the case, uh, does does Gosman step up? Uh, well, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I said. I mean, every year he's kind of shown a little bit of progression. We just keep waiting for him to make that that turn, you know, and, and put it all together. He's got he's he's got the arm. He's got the the pitch repertoire. He's got the stamina to do it. It's just that he he's yet to be able to put it all together for one you know whole year uh, and be a, a dominant number one. And I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean. Fingers crossed, we need it. <laughs> Without Tillman being here, I mean, we have no true number one. Even with Tillman here, we never really had a true number one. Tillman's right. not a true number one, no. but he's the closest thing that we have to it. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping him and Bundy both make the turn. Speaking of Bundy, and I was kind of uh, singing his praise last week, and I was high and mighty on him. Oh, I want to say later that afternoon, they played a game and he got shelled. He had his <laughs> he had his worst outing of the spring. He gave up a solo shot and a grand slam in two innings of work. I want to say he threw like fifty seven pitches in two innings. Uh, yikes! Uh, again, it's spring training, so you you take everything with kind of a grain of salt. And if you watched the grand slam, it was wind aided. I'll say that um, wouldn't have been out in any other ballpark up north. Um, but either way, it, it, it was uh, kind of alarming. You know, after the, the the first couple outings he's had this spring, as as good as he's done, to see him lose uh, you know lose control a little bit. So, all right, so let's uh, let's move on a little bit. Let's sandwich let's sandwich the fun stuff. Yeah, and with the not so fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, today is Friday. Uh, the show comes out on Saturday. So uh, last night you were yeah. in D.C. I at, was at the Verizon Center. Uh, I was watching the Caps play. How was that? Uh, it was great. I mean, I, I've only honestly, I've only been to two Caps games in my entire life. Um, so to see it up close in person again, every, both times I've gone, I'm, I'm always like, oh, God, I, I got to start going to more Caps games. I, I mm-hmm. have so much fun at these to see what these guys do like in person. You don't get you don't get that full effect watching it on TV. You really how, don't. How was watching the Wilson fight? Oh, it was awesome. And it was right in front of me, too. It was great because my wife was just making a comment. She's like, you know, I'm not a huge hockey fan. She's like, but one thing I do like is I like that they actually fight. And I'm like, she's like, so far we haven't seen a fight. And I want to say two minutes later. started throwing down. They started throwing down. And it was great. And Wilson worked the hell out of that guy. Yeah, he did. So it was was pretty entertaining. Kind of disappointing, though, with the way the Cats have been playing lately. Um, You know, as good as this team is, they – I feel like, especially watching them in, up in person last night, and I've thought this watching them on TV lately, is they they almost they, they're looking for the wide open shot, or they're mm-hmm. they're making one or two too many passes. Um, last night, you know, the, with their first line of Etchkin out there and everything, they they just could not find a shot on goal. They were just passing way too often and way too much, and then turning the puck over and all that. Uh, the, the, the puck was in the offensive zone in our, you know, we were down on their end, the majority of the game. But when you look at the shots, shots on goal, Mm -hmm. we're about even, but they were, they were down on our end, maybe a third of the time. So kind of disappointing. I wish they would just get back to the fundamentals, throw the puck in the, you know, at the net, hopefully you get some ricochets and then, you know, you get, you know, you get some goals, but, uh, they, um, they actually, uh, went from, I believe it was number one or two down to number five on ESPN's power rankings when right. it came for uh, when it comes to hockey. Uh, it's just so strange because it seems like a month ago 
they were everybody was singing their praise. Like they're still first. Like let's right. not let's not blow this out of proportion. They're still in first, and they're still a great hockey team. But it seems like a month ago everybody was like, "This is it. This right. is the year." And I think they've been singing that song for a long time now. But they're like, "No, no. This is the year that they go to the Stanley Cup. This has win. to be. It has to be it." Um, and now everybody, despite the fact that they're still in first, and they've just they've had a rough week and a half, two weeks. It seems like uh, it. It seems like that isn't the case anymore. Well, you know, it's what's kind of surprising with that is um, this turn seemed to happen right after they picked up Shattenkirk. Yeah. Uh, which surprises me. I mean, it goes to show how much chemistry can really have an effect on a team. Because Shattenkirk, I mean, he's one of the best defensemen in the league. And it was, it was to me, it was a huge move by signing him because it kept him from signing with Pittsburgh or one of the other, you know, main competition in the league. Um so to see him come here, I was excited about it, but so far it hasn't worked out, you know, and I don't know if that's just a timing thing. It just so happened he came over when the Caps have started to, you know, struggle a little bit, or if it has something to do with him. I don't know, but uh, either way, um, this is just kind of the way of the Caps, you know, they, they start out really, really strong. They go through a rough patch and then they get into the playoffs and they, they fall apart. Um, I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, crossing my toes, that, that changes. Hopefully they can get their act together before the playoffs uh, because the competition is there. I mean, there's only it's only a couple points separating first from third right now. I mm-hmm. want to say Pittsburgh's like one or two points behind us now. Uh, so, I mean, it, the, the competition's there. They just need to get their act together. Uh, speaking of getting their act together, uh, we'll move on to the other depressing segment. Uh, oh, no. College where this is going. Yeah, yeah. it uh, it's it's all over. The dance has been been finished for for the uh, Terps this year. Uh, you were at the game last night, so I took over tweeting duties, <laughs> uh, and it came to watching the game. And man, dude, I just did you did you watch it when you got home? Or uh, I got to watch a lot of the highlights of it. Okay. Um, it was I read rough. a lot it about was... it. It was the typical Terps in tournament fashion. They just took a bunch of shots they didn't have any business taking. Um, I don't know where they get off when it comes to just like some of the like the audacity that they have when it comes to some of the shots that they take. Right. There are a few players on that team that that can take shots from anywhere on the court and mm-hmm. and and sink them. But it was like everybody was shooting threes. Why? Why? Big men. You shouldn't be shooting threes. You need to, you know, like they had so many opportunities to drive the ball that they just wouldn't take. They would they would drive it up the court. They'd stop at the three and and try to take the shot because they were down. And mm-hmm. it just I listen, I don't get it. Like I it doesn't make sense to me. I, I think I think this team filled a lot of people with unyielded expectations. And the reason yeah. I say that is, I mean, I, mean, I want to say they started a year off like 22 and two, uh, yeah. I believe, in the beginning of the year. Um and nobody saw that coming. Nobody expected that of this team. Three-fifths of their starting lineup is freshmen. And nobody expected the, the freshmen to perform like they did when they got into, in, into you know league play. But they did well. And one Achilles heel to this team, though, has always been shooting. Mm-hmm. When they're on, nobody can beat them. No. Exactly. Yeah. But when they're off... It is terrible. They they are. They're terrible. It was, and it was it was painful to watch. Like I, I'll watch a handful of college games in a in a given season just because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a huge college guy. But man, it was it was just ugly and and really terrible to watch because right. it was just fundamental stuff like easy fixes right. that could have resulted in them winning the game. But I guess it's just maybe just the young guys that are. They've never been to the dance before. Yeah, they're I think they cracked under pressure. They're you're exactly. trying to make up ground. You're down by four points. You don't need to be jonesing for all these threes. Right. Like you're down by four points. You know, two layups and, and you're in. But that's another thing. They were missing layups. Like it was, it was not. Yeah, it was not good. I think it had a lot to do with the the stage just getting a little bit too big. I mean, it it started with for the big three young guys. Right. It started with the Big Ten tournament. They lost in the first round there, mm-hmm. and they lose here in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, in the beginning of the year. Uh, Justin Jackson, uh, freshman power forward, he he was bodying guys up. He was posting up down low like he's supposed to as a power forward. Um, and you were getting some some good play, not great play, but some good play out of Demonte Dodd. 
Um, so they had that presence down low. And it, I don't know what happened, but I want to say like three quarters of the way through the year, Justin Jackson completely changed his game. Stop going down low. Stop pounding. Stop, you know, going pounding the boards and everything, putbacks. He, he was a spot-up shooter, uh, and that's just not his game. I, I, he's got to get down low. But the, on the flip side of this, on the, on the good side, um, they do have a good recruiting class coming in for next year. Um, Those freshmen have a year under their belt. They'll have line. a year under their belt, right. They've, they've got this kid coming in from uh, Mount St. Joe's, so a local kid, mm-hmm. uh, Daryl Morsell. He's a 6'5 guard, um, super smart. Um, high basketball IQ, uh, honor roll student, like, you know, good kid, good head on his shoulders, that type of thing. Um, I think he's going to help. And I, much as I hate to say this, I love Mello Tremble. I love what he's done for the team, but I'm done with him. Yeah. Bye, you Mello. know what I mean? We know what we're going to get out of Mello Tremble. And my favorite tweet last <laughs> night on all of Twitter, I can't even remember who it came from at this point. But it was at the end of the game. It was like stay mellow? Question <laughs> mark. And it, they, they kind of summed up how I felt about mellow. Listen, I I'm not as high on mellow as everybody else has been. Like he's nah. been an average player, right? You know, he's done well for the Terps, but he hasn't done great, right? He hasn't. He's not a great basketball player. He's he's a good basketball. Player. He if he if he comes out, if he's lucky, if he's lucky, in my opinion, he'll be a late late second round pick in the NBA, which the NBA is only two rounds. Uh, he'll be a late second round pick. If not, he'll go undrafted and he'll end up playing overseas. Uh, which if you remember drew Nicholas from, uh, way back with the Terps, he, he had a great career, uh, overseas and made a lot of money overseas. It's not NBA money. I think he'll end up in the NBA. I think he'll end up on a lower tier team. I can see him playing for the Pelicans. I can see him playing for the magic. I can see him playing on a not great team. I, I just I don't think he has the ability to do it. I really don't. I don't think he's got the ability to make an NBA roster. I think But you don't think that he has the like the what's the word I'm looking for? I guess like the the charisma, like the, the kind of star power. Like he's he's a face and a person that brands can get behind. At um, the collegiate level. Yeah, right now. So I wonder if that will carry him no. into into the NBA. He he just I, I don't see that overcoming his ability his ability to play. Um, he's too careless sometimes with the ball, um, easily loses mm-hmm. control of the ball sometimes. I mean, now there's other games where he's in control and he's great, but it's just, it's the consistency with him that we've never been able to see his freshman year was his best year. If he would have left after his freshman year, he'd have been a first round draft pick. Now, eventually he would have fizzled out because people would have seen the real, you know, mellow that he was, but after that, I mean, he's really, in my in my opinion, he's digressed uh, in a lot of ways, and I I love what he's done. Again, he, I love he, he's a great guy, he's a great character, uh, he's a good leader on the team, and all that kind of stuff. But we know what we're going to get out of him, and if he comes back for his senior year again, I don't think it's for anything more than to try to pro- improve his NBA draft prospects but yeah i think i think if he comes back it is a business decision exactly it's not it's not because he wants to be there right Um, right i think it is to to try and prove something yeah and but he's done that now for the last two years you know he he held that and it hasn't worked out no in in a lot of ways i feel like he's regressed a little bit right right all right Um, so uh moving on to uh i guess the the final middle ground topic uh (laughs) is the wizards Lost the last two out of three, I think. Yep. Uh, not doing great, not doing terrible. Do they do they keep it going until until June? Yeah, I mean, I think the team's real. Um, again, like I said last week, their starting five's been great all year. Um, they just needed some help on the bench. Uh, they've gotten that, and I think the more time that they play together, uh, the better the the better they're they're going to be. I mean, yes, they've lost two out of the last three that they've played. But before that, they went on a four and one West Coast yeah. trip, mm-hmm. which they won a couple of games from double digits behind. They came back and won, uh, which were amazing games. Uh, and anytime, I don't care who you're playing, but anytime you can go on a West Coast trip and go four and one, you're doing pretty well. Uh, disappointing to see them lose to the Mavs at home the other night. That was disappointing. Um, we are better than that, and I've seen them play a lot better than that. But uh, 
the NBA is a long season. Mm-hmm. Um, I see them finishing in the top three uh, in the NBA East as far as, you know, overall records. Um, and then, like I said, I think if they can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's a win for this team. Mm-hmm. I really do. And then if they can keep the unit together for next year, the more continuity, the more, you know, play that they have together, I think next year will be a real year where they'll contend. All right, so let's uh, let's do this. Let's move on to football. Yeah. What do you got? Well, uh, I mean, in most recent news, uh, the Ravens signed Brandon Carr from the Cowboys. Um, not quite the corner that they were originally talking to. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Brandon Carr's a 30-year-old corner. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's a really solid corner. He's played 144 straight games, He's ne- and he started 144 yeah. straight games. So when you look at his numbers, his numbers aren't going to wow you. They're not going to you know, statistically blow you away or anything like that. But a lot of that has to do with people don't really throw his way because he does cover his men well. Um, yes, he's 30 years old, and yes, he signed a four-year deal. But when you actually look at the contract, it's a one-year deal with options for years two, three, and four. So the Ravens can always get out of that contract yeah, if need true. be. Um but I think for the money that they're paying, I want to say it's like an average annual salary somewhere around $6 million uh, is pretty good for what he is. And when you add him, again, he's not your number one. You know, your number one is is Jimmy Smith right now. You had him, Jimmy Smith, with Carr, with Weddle, with Jefferson, and your secondary is tenfolds better than it was last year, bearing injury. And this is before the draft which the draft, again, is extremely corner and safety he- uh, heavy. So they're going to make some other picks uh, to fill in the depth there. I'm, I'm excited about this. I, th- I think this guy will come in. You'll see he's very durable. He's very reliable. He practices really hard. Another good community guy, uh, so replaces Webb in that kind of sense. Like uh, everything that you uh, that I've read about him in Dallas was that he was a very high character, very good community guy, um, which to me, it, it means a lot. No, absolutely. Um, obviously, you care about his, his play on the field, right. but um, uh, I think he'll fit in here well, and I think he'll do good from the, the two spot. Uh, they also uh, traded uh, Jeremy Zuta for a higher six-round pick. Right. They moved up 12 spots with him. Yeah, that was the one move this week that, that left me questioning a little bit. Well, let me ease your mind with that, yeah, okay, that. a little bit. So by doing that, you free up $5 million. Yeah. Nick Mangold is still sitting out there as a free agent center. Nick Mangold is a clone, in my opinion, of Matt Burke and where Matt Burke was when we signed him. Really? And Matt Burke was a very good center for Absolutely. the three or four years that he was here. So if you, in turn, sign Mangold, I think it makes a lot of sense. If not... Last year, the Ravens picked up Ronnie Stanley and Alex Lewis, two offensive linemen that ended up being starters for them right out of the draft. Uh, And right now we have two holes on our starting lineup for the offensive line. We've got center and right tackle. Um, So I don't know much about the depth in in the draft this year as far as centers go, but I can't see them making this move without having that plan in place, either Mangold coming on board and they've already got kind of a pre notion from him that he's on board or they've got somebody specific in that draft that they feel comfortable with getting, knowing that they're going to get, maybe they're going to reach for him. Maybe they're going to take him a little higher than somebody else might take him. But I have a feeling that they've got somebody in mind to come in and be a starter. They wouldn't made that move without that. Okay. Center is at a crucial Absolutely, part yeah. to the offensive line. Yeah, it just left me really confused. Yeah, and and Jeremy Zuda's by far on the back end of his career has yeah. not been the greatest center in the world. But uh, you don't just let a guy like that go without having some sort of plan in place, uh, in my opinion. Anything else with the Ravens? Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a few other things going on. So... Let me ask you, let me let me ask you this. What is from from a wide receiver standpoint, right, with the Ravens? Mm-hmm. What is their biggest need? What do you feel is their biggest need for wide receiver? A big over the top guy that can pull the ball down. Exactly. Uh which brings we were talking about this last mm-hmm. week and it was all over Baltimore news and it made me mm-hmm. sick to my stomach. Is Anquan Bolden coming back to Baltimore? I really really hope not. I mean, 
Isn't he the, like 87 years old? He's 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 pretty old. Um, <laughs> he's out there. He's available. And I know Ozzy is the type of person, if the price is right type of thing and the situation is right, they'll bring him in. But here's here's why I bring this up, right? So a lot of the uh, a lot of the mock drafts are starting to come in now because a lot of the free agents are being signed up and that type of thing. Um, and a lot of the projections have Clemson's wide receiver, Mike Williams, coming here to Baltimore with our first pick at 16. Um, he would be perfect. He's a guy that I've liked for the past couple of years, and I've said that if if the Ravens can get this guy in the draft, he's going to be huge for them. Another big body, I want to say he's like six foot four, doesn't have four four speed. He's in the four fives as far as speed, but he can get open. He's got a huge body. He can muscle for the ball. If you throw it up, those fifty fifty balls that we talked about last mm-hmm. week, he's going to come down with them. Um, and that's the type of receiver they need. They need yeah. that possession receiver. Um, like you said, I, I really don't hope they. I really hope they don't fill that void with the nostalgia of of bringing Anquan Bolden back. I almost wonder if it's uh, if it's one a trade move or two, just one of those nostalgia moves um, or that hometown buddy buddy move. Like last year, they made the pickup of Trent Richardson. For right. reasons that were probably not necessarily based on the team as much as they were just the relationship to Ozzy and yes and no, I mean I think a lot of the Trent Richardson stuff had to do with they just they had no real commitment to him. I mean the the amount of money that they committed to him was like next to nothing. And here is a guy who was once regarded as the best running back in 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 college football history. You know, yes, he came out of came out of college and he was terrible when he got to the end awful but why not see if if you if this guy is really rejuvenated really in the best shape of his life this guy was a great running back at one point why not just low cost bring him in see what he can do for you you know what they found out that it wasn't going to be worth it and they moved on yeah i almost wonder if they're going to do that with bolden no i I really think i really think that ship has sailed i'm going to say that i think the ship has sailed i don't see them making that kind of move unless they're desperate unless he is still out there after the draft, and the Ravens haven't gotten the receiver that they wanted in that draft, maybe they bring him back in for a one-year deal just to fill a void until next year and they can get somebody else in here. But that's the only way I see it happening. All right, so let's uh, let's touch on some national stuff just because uh, it's unavoidable. Uh, DeMarcus Ware retired from the NFL this week. Yeah, kind of surprising. Yeah, me too. I, he, he had at least a year or two more in the tank. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's um, Again, another one of those Elvis Dumerville, you know, situational type pass rushers. But you use him in the right situation. The guy's still got a high mm-hmm. motor. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with it. he's a very smart person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with just him saying, you know what? I've made enough money where I'm set. My family's set for life. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm walking away. Um, I don't see our team winning the Super Bowl next year. You know, yeah. why? why risk it? I don't need it. I've got the money I need. I'm good. Yeah, and I think I think that kind of lends itself to hinting where Tony Romo is going to go. Oh, man. Here we go again. So my thought was DeMarcus played in, in Dallas for a long time. He's got that relationship. He never with, went to Jacksonville, though. Listen, listen, he, listen, he's got that relationship with Romo. Oh, my God. He knew whether or not Tony was going to come to Denver. No. And I, I think that I think that he knew that Tony wasn't going to Denver. And because of that, he said, you know what? There's no chance we're winning the Super Bowl this year. I'm out. Uh, I, I, I really don't think it had anything to do with that. I, th- I really think that he's just in a place where my body's good. I'm healthy. Like I said, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm anyway, Tony Romo's still going to Jacksonville. No way. Um, does not happen. <laughs> uh, speaking of free agents, uh, where where's he going? Because um, he had interest in a lot of teams, but... Seattle went and signed Eddie Lacy, mm-hmm. and then Minnesota, in turn, signed Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. So that means AP's leaving. He's going somewhere. Where's AP going? I, I mean, I don't, at this point, um, a couple of options I thought, that I thought. I definitely thought Seattle was a big, big go for him. Well, here, here's, here's, I don't, I don't know their salary cap situation, but here's where I could see it, what I could see happening. Minnesota, big rival. Do you know Minnesota's big rival is in Green football? Bay. Green Bay. All right. Eddie Lacy's no longer in Green Bay. 
if I'm AP and I'm looking at the quarterback situation in there and I think yeah, I'm a Rogers hell of a running back and AP and AP. Yeah. If they can make that work financially, I'm offended that you asked me. Do I know who Minnesota's hey, rival is? I just had to ask. Just had to, and you know, make Douche sure bag. put two and two together. I was just, I was just letting you put the puzzle piece yeah, in. No, and all. I, and that's something that I've thought of this week too. Is is possibly him landing in Green Bay? I just think it would be a good situation for I him. Think so too, and it'd be a good way for him to stick it to Minnesota. You know, get to I play him that, twice. I I think that that sets it up well because I've heard a lot of people talk about. AP landing somewhere that doesn't have a good running back situation and then mm. them draft because this this draft is so running back heavy drafting a young running back to sit under one of our arguably one of the greatest running backs of all time learn from the best right AP has however many years he still has in the tank right who really knows at this point he could come back and have the year of his life um and uh, but anyway a team that is is not doing well picking up AP and picking up a running back in the draft to to have that that tandem. Well, another um, another situation I thought might be possible, and again, I don't know anything about their cap situation, so I don't even know if it's feasible, but um, down in Tampa, you know, you've got a good young quarterback there with Jameis Winston. They just signed – they've got Mike Evans. They just signed Deshaun Jackson, so you've got great wide receivers down there. The one piece that you're missing is a really good running game. Because Martin's not there. Right, yeah. and you add AP into the mix, uh, that puts them in title contention right away, in my opinion. Um, so that could be another good landing spot for him. That's true. There's there's plenty of spots that he could go and just make make a team better. Mm-hmm. But I think those two spots would be the best suited for him if he's really trying to chase a ring. I think so as well. Uh, another free agent running back. I th- I think the the signing of Eddie Lacy was the first domino to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latavius Murray then signed. I think you're going to see Jamal Charles sign at some point in the next week or so. Which he someone. was just in Seattle even after the Eddie Lacy signing. They were trying to talk I, about I having both felt, of them. I almost felt like that was a, a <laughs> I heard I heard somebody phrase it this way, a date that Pete, Pete Carroll was too nice to cancel. Um, <laughs> Could be. Maybe. that would That would be kind of an impressive move. But they have Rawls up there. I mean, think about what you're getting in Eddie Lacy, though. You're not getting somebody who can be an every down back. No. He's too big for that. Speaking of his size. Yeah, well, they've worked that into his contract. Did you see how much they're paying him to lose weight? Oh, I'm sure it's something ridiculous. $55,000 per five pounds. Wow. I didn't Can you imagine like if somebody came up to us and was like, hey, Matt and Fred, <laughs> for every five pounds you lose, here's 55 grand. Yeah, right. I would quit my job and I'd be in the gym all day, all day long. All day. All day long. <laughs> all day. Nothing but smoothies. Uh, some uh, so some Giants news because I can't avoid talking oh, about the Giants. Uh, Geno Smith is set to sign with the Giants as their backup quarterback. Which How I, excited are you about uh, that? I We have two of the best interception throwers <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. I'm super stoked. <laughs> um, Eli goes down. We have Eli 2.0 <laughs> coming up and, That's and right. doing the same exact thing. Uh, they also re-signed uh, Shane Vereen. And, um, yeah, so Giants are making some moves as well. I'm yeah. pretty um, Moves that I am uh, happy with anyway. Uh, today, actually, like, I don't know, like an hour or two ago, they, they finished up the deal with JPP. So he's going to be coming back to New York for the next four years. Uh, something funny about that was... Is he have the ability to count well, to four that, on his it's hand? It's funny you mentioned that. It was uh, Adam Schefter that, that reported that he was going to go ahead and sign the deal. And he tweeted out, I ain't signed nothing yet. I don't know what none of y'all is talking about. And Twitter lit him up. And they were like, JPB, can you sign anything? You have two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my strong hand. Grab <laughs> my strong hand. <laughs> uh, oh, but man. yeah, so uh, JVP, uh, big, 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 big signing for the Giants. Uh, Don't play see. with fireworks, kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. So here we are. Uh, let me pull out my handy dandy timer, and we'll uh, we'll delve into it. This is the uh, the most uh, regarded section of our <laughs> podcast from last week. So uh, here we go. Here starts your two minute warning. All right, well, considering you've already kind of busted me up here with a few topics and, and talked about some things that well, I want to hand. You got, a, hun- that you I got a minute and 54 seconds right. to fill, sir. So, <laughs> the uh, with the Raiders uh, this week, they signed Cordarell Patterson uh, from the from the Vikings. I think it's a good move for them. Wide receiver, kick returner that uh, 
that guy, I mean, you, you get him in open space, and uh, he's he's great. Another exciting potential move for the Raiders is that they are in talks with uh, one Mr. Beast Mode. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch may be uh, making Thanks a Thanks for stealing the, the thunder on that one. Oh, is the two-minute <laughs> two warning only for you? Exactly. Okay, whatever. <laughs> F you, buddy. Yeah, now that would be exciting to see him come back and, Absolutely. Uh, you know, pair up with Derek Carr. That team, especially, with the, they've got a good offensive line. Um yeah, yeah I, I don't know how much he's got left at this point, considering he's been behind the game for a while. But sure. uh, he's just there so he don't get fined. Right. <laughs> uh, Pierre Garçon signed with the 49ers, but to me, I, I don't really understand that move at all for him. Maybe for the team, yes, but, I mean, all they've got down there is Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley throwing him the ball, so I don't see him being a very productive wide receiver. They, they've said there. that they're not done chopping quarterbacks. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then the draft's coming, so. Yeah. Uh, Connor Barwin, longtime Eagle. He ended up signing with the Rams uh, the other day, so a lot of Philadelphia fans are crying over that one. Nick Foles went back to Philadelphia. Nick Foles is back. Oh, I'm sure they're cheering that move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, uh, you touched on it a couple minutes ago. Uh, Tony Romo, still nowhere, uh, so that still hasn't changed at all. Um, Jacksonville. <laughs> and Jamal Charles and AP. Uh, where are they going to land? Um you know, and, and I, I still think Jamal Charles has a good shot to end up with the Giants, which would make you happy. And uh, <laughs> absolutely AP, I can see, like I said, either in Tampa or Green Bay. All right. And that does it. Uh, two minute warning. You made it in. I did. I made you it. Did. I made it. All right. Well, uh, that I think does it for this week. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in for a second week. Uh, you know, some of our friends are going to come. They're going to listen to the first podcast. Because they're our friends. That's right. But if you came back the second week, you're not just our friends. You're a true fan. You're our you're our, you're our family. <laughs> you're our family, and we love you for it. Yes, we do. Because then this would just be pointless. So right. uh, for Fred Donahue, I am Matt Talley, and this has been the Birdland BS Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Until then, see you next week. See you later, everybody. Grab the strong hand.